Hello there, welcome to Revelation from the Heart podcast, bringing you timely teaching from the Word of God. I'm your host, Minister Paula Cornett. I would love to stay connected with you online. You can visit my website at www.paulacornett.weebly.com. From there, you can access my social media links as well as join the mailing list and receive updates right to your inbox. Be sure to like my page on Facebook at Paula Cornett Ministries, follow me on Instagram, or subscribe to my YouTube channel, Revelations from the Heart. I am so excited for what the Lord has in store for you today, and I hope that you will be encouraged by today's message. Well, grab your Bible. Let's get into today's episode. Hello there. Welcome to this edition of Revelations from the Heart podcast. I'm your host, Minister Paula Cornett, and this is episode number 72. Well, thank God that I am back on track. I had to um, not post the episode last week. I had a um, food poisoning, so it took me a couple days to kind of get myself together. So it set me back just a little bit, but I'm back on track. So I'm just excited about uh, the series on the Antichrist, the coming of the Antichrist, and I've just been enjoying um, teaching this series. I just get so excited as I'm studying and getting things together. I just get so excited because I am awaiting the return of Jesus Christ. So before we begin, though, I have two announcements that I want to make to you that uh, we have a women's prayer luncheon that's coming up on Saturday, October the 29th at 1130 a.m. Registration is now open and um Registration will close on Eventbrite on Thursday, October the 13th. So you want to make sure that you get registered so that you can come to this event. The cost is $25, which would include your lunch. And this is going to be a powerful time in Florida. I am just so, so, so excited and I'm just anticipating a mighty move of the presence of God. And, you know, I've already been, the God has already given me like a prelude of, of what to expect and what will happen the thing I know is that anytime we get together in the presence of the Lord, he always moves, he speaks. So I am so excited for you to be there. Um, so you want to make sure that you get registered uh, for this event on Eventbrite. Cost is $25. Also, Champions in the Ring uh, book collaboration that I was a part of is still available. Uh, you can get your signed and shipped copy, and it's only for the U.S. only. Right now, I'm not offering international um signing and shipping not at this time so this is the cost for u.s shipping only and so if you would like to um get a book you have to get it either through uh paypal or cash app right now and so the cost to sign and ship is 25 dollars. you can email me at paula cornett all lowercase letter letters three two at gmail.com to uh get the cash app uh address and also i'm happy to announce as I was looking on the analytics, that we have some listeners in Australia. So I want to say hello to the listeners in Australia. Glad that God has opened up that wonderful nation to us. You are in our prayers, as always, as all all the body of Christ and those all over the world. So without further ado, I want to get right into this lesson because I have a lot of things to unpack today. But we're going to first start by... Uh, having a quick word of prayer. Father God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for this time, for this hour that we're able to come before you, Lord God, and that I'm able to use my voice to propel to the nations. 
And I thank you, Lord, for the word that you've given me. I thank you, Father God, that as we as believers, we are soon awaiting your return and your arrival. I thank you, Father God, that as you prepare our hearts and our minds, help us to stay true to your word and help us to not deter from the faith. Help us not to fall away, Father God. I thank you that you be glorified. You touch every heart, every home that is listening to this podcast, wherever they are, whenever they are, Father God, that your Holy Spirit will meet them right where they are. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Well, we have been in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, and we're going to pick up there. Chapter 2 and verse 3 is where we're going to start to review. And um, the Antichrist cannot come on the scene until after the church has been raptured. So when the Antichrist comes on the scene, the church will not be here. Okay, so 2 Thessalonians 2 and 3. Let's start there, and it says, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. So let's just look at this real quick. That the believers uh, in the church of Thessalonica, they had gotten some bad teaching concerning the rapture and concerning the second coming of Christ, and uh, some prophecy teachers were teaching that the rapture had already come. These were new believers and they were panicking like, oh no, we have missed the rapture. What in the world is going on? So Paul writes to encourage these believers to have a good and clear understanding of what the Bible teaches about prophecy. So that's so very important that you have a good and clear understanding of what the Bible is teaching, what God is saying about prophecy. So 2 Thessalonians, got a little tongue tied there, 2 and 3 it says there, let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come. So that day right there, that word is the day that it's talking about is the rapture. So Paul is saying, um, you know, let no man deceive you. So he's really saying like, let no man, I mean, no one, don't let nobody for no reason at all deceive you. Like guard against deception. And this word deceive just simply means to cheat, to seduce, to take advantage of by trickery. To deceive by giving distorted impressions, to lure into deception. So some prophecy teachers, they were sincere in their teaching, but they were teaching it wrong. And anytime you teach uh, prophecy wrong, it can lead to fear. And so the people were in fear. And um, God does not want us to be in fear. Okay, God, the Bible says he has not given us the spirit of fear. And God puts these things in his word. And he's given us his word and he's included the details and the signs that are pointing towards the end so that we can be prepared for his coming. Not to be scared, but so that we can be prepared. So when it comes to prophecy, make sure that the facts are straight. Make sure that it's being taught correctly. And when it's being taught correctly, if you if you just in hearing this, it gives you hope to know that when things if things get too bad, that God is coming back to get us. Okay, so he tells them. Let no man deceive you by any means. And like I said, by any means, in plain terms, it just means don't budge. Don't give in. Don't let them deceive you in no way. You know, guard against that. Do not be deceived. Know what the word of God says. And say, well, how can I know what the word of God said? You got to read it for yourself. Okay. Just like after we go over these things, um, this scripture, I would read 2 Thessalonians for myself as well. And check it to make sure that it's, it's lining up. Then it is saying you know, that, that I'm accurately interpreting what it is that it's saying, all right? So, and always understand and know that whenever I use any Greek words, I always reference Rick Renner. He is a fantastic teacher 
a Greek scholar. And so I always use his definition. So um, just always know that. All right. So he says, don't budge. Don't give in. Let no man deceive you by any means. For that day, the rapture shall not come except there come a falling away first. So before the rapture takes place, right before it, it's going to be a falling away. And this is the Greek word apostasia, which it just simply means a mutiny. Okay, so at the end of the age, there will be a mutinous attitude towards God. There will be a drastic change in society. So before the rapture of the church, you know, we are seeing that change take place right before our very eyes right now. And it's only going to get worse. So in Thessalonians chapter four, Paul describes rapture as a catching away. And he uses the Greek word harpazo, which means to snatch out of danger just in the nick of time. Remember in the past episodes, I gave the example of the time that my sister and I and our little friend were being chased by um, a big it was a German shepherd that was, that was chasing us. We went, we were supposed to go swimming at her house and we went to get our clothes at our house and we rolled our way back. We passed this one house. The dog was loose. And so when we went past the house, the dog just took out, took off after us. So we're young little kids, you know, so we're running. And my concern was the two other two, cause I knew I, I could run pretty fast, but my sister, she couldn't run as fast. And so my concern was, I didn't want her to get hurt. And the other, my other friend that was with us. So we're running, terrified, screaming, yelling, you know, this dog is getting ready to pounce. I mean, and just, just, just get us. And so, uh, the next thing I know was like, right, right. As soon as that dog was getting ready to pounce us, the little girl, her grandfather heard us screaming, apparently yelling. Her grandfather came out and, you know, told, scared the dog away. And so, and we went in, you know, ran into the house and we were both, I mean, so shaken up and terrified, but that's what that um, when Christ comes back for the church, that's what that word harpazo, when I think about that word harpazo, that's what it's like. It's like he came out just in the nick of time, just before we were getting ready to probably be mauled and would have been, you know, pretty messed up. He came out just in the nick of time. Okay. So what this means is that those who are still remaining, those that, that are spiritually vibrant at the end of the age, the remnant, as we call it, you know, they may feel like, the world is changing so drastically around us, and, and it is, and that we're in the midst of a dangerous place. We are. We're in perilous times, difficult times. But the good news is, just in the nick of time, in the midst of the danger, the glorious trumpet will sound, and with a mighty voice, our king is coming to rescue us out of destruction. We'll be out of here, and he will snatch us out of here just in the nick of time. Paul describes the Antichrist as the son of perdition. Okay, so that word perdition just means doomed, rotten, decaying. Um, it's a perfect picture of, Pastor Ritter put it like this, the perfect picture of uh, meat filled with maggots. So if you've ever seen meat or really anything, a dead animal filled with maggots, I mean maggots are just like repulsive is really repulsive. The smell, the, just the sight of it is just terrible. So the man, this, 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 the Antichrist is this man who he doesn't want to live by God's law. So he's a lawless man. So he's going to throw out the things of God and anything that is connected to the things of God. So he hates God. He's against Christ. Okay. So he hates the church, but he will appear to be a progressive thinker. 
He will appear to be a leader of uh, and promising peace, but in reality, he's going to bring decay and doom to anything that he touches. He is the son of Satan incarnate, like Jesus was the son of God incarnate. Okay, so he is against Christ totally, completely. So let me read this, 2 Thessalonians 2 and 3 in the RIV version, and the RV version is just the Renner interpretive version. He breaks it all these Greek words down and just puts it into very plain language. Okay, so in light of these things, I urge you to refuse to allow anyone to take advantage of you. For example, you won't need a letter to tell you when the day of the Lord has come. You ought to know by now that this day can't come until first a worldwide insurgency, rebellion, riot, and mutiny against God has come about in society. Once that occurs, the world will be primed, prepared, and ready to embrace the man of lawlessness, the one who hates law and has rebellion running in his blood. This is the long-awaited and predicted son of doom and destruction, the one who brings rot and ruin to everything he touches. When the time is just right, he will finally come out of hiding and go public. So right now, the Antichrist is actually He's actually in hiding, okay? He's not, we don't know who he is, but he's actually in hiding at this very moment. So let's go down and look at verse uh, 4, 2 Thessalonians 2 and 4. Let's go. It says that, okay, he talks about in verse 3, he's the son of perdition, and this is what he's going to be like. So, you know, like the question is, when he goes public, what is he going to be like? So this is what he tells us in verse 4. He's going to be one who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he, as God, sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Okay, so this word opposes, it just means that he's going to go against everything, all moral values of the past. You know how we see a lot of those moral values of the past are being done away with, even right now. And, you know, if you look at generations ago, people have more value, they have more morals, uh, now, morals have just gone out the window, and very few people um, in this newer generation have those morals and values of the past, all right? He's going to exalt himself, okay? So, he, he's going to exalt himself above, so he's superior, and he's against anything divine. So, all things religious, anything religious, he's against all that, but especially Christianity because he's the Antichrist, okay? So, he's going to sit. It says here he's going to sit in the um, in the temple, in the temple of God. So he's actually, what's going to happen is, is that he's going to enter into, when they get the third temple built, he's going to enter into the third temple, and it's in Jerusalem. He's going to walk into the Holy of Holies, that that place is designated only for God to sit there. And he's actually going to sit there in the Holies of Holies, and he's going to declare himself, as God okay and then it says it's in the temple showing himself that he is God so that's what he's going to do he's going to show himself that he is God the word show um, here is actually it's just this is very very interesting when I found this out it's the same word that is used in the gospel and also in the book of Acts to describe pow the power of the Holy Spirit that is confirmed with signs and wonders so uh, signs and wonders, always remember this, signs and wonders, if you're a believer, signs and wonders are supposed to follow you. You're not supposed to follow signs and wonders, but they're supposed to follow you. 
Okay, and that is, and especially with ministers and preachers and teachers, signs and wonders should be following them in their meetings because this is God's, like his stamp of approval. It's a stamp of approval of their authenticity. So the Antichrist, he's going to come with fake signs and wonders to fool the people. You know, Satan always mimic, mimics what God does. He's a counterfeit. He's not a creator. He's a counterfeit. So he can only counterfeit what God does. So this is the Antichrist is the son of Satan. So he's going to be doing signs and wonders, but they're going to be fake signs and wonders. And it's going to fool people that he is actually God in the flesh when in reality he's not. So let's listen to 2 Thessalonians 2 and 4 in the RIV version. It says, do you understand who I'm talking about? I'm describing that person who will be so against God and everything connected with the worship of God that if you can imagine it, he will even try to put himself on a pedestal above God himself, sitting in God's rightful place in the temple and publicly proclaiming himself to be God. So 2 Thessalonians 2.5 says, Remember ye not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things. Verse 6, And now you know what withholdeth that he might be removed in his time. This word, uh, in his time, is the Greek word kairos. Some of you may be familiar with um, this time. There's another word for time, and it's chronos. But here in this uh, particular text, this is a Kairos time. And a Kairos time is a specific season or opportunity. So the Antichrist, he's going to know when his time has come. He's going to know when his set time has come. But there is something that is holding him back. Something that is keeping him from coming forth. So let's look a little further. Okay, let's look a little further. Uh, in verse uh, 6, it says, Now you know what withholdeth. So just withholding is just what, what's hindering or what's restraining him. So right here, Paul is starting to describe, describe the great restrainer. So who is it? Who, who is the great restrainer that's holding back evil? Now, see if you can catch this, all right? So there's five possible thoughts here of who, and, and this has been a theological debate since the first century of who the great restrainer is, okay? So in the first century, they thought that it was the Roman Senate because they were holding back, you know, a lot of things, okay? But the Roman Senate, they came and went. They didn't stay on the earth from the first century until, you know, the present day. Some people believe that it was God, that's God himself. But it can't be because it goes on later to talk about that, you know, it's going to be taken away. Well, God is always going to be here. Some have thought it was the power of the Holy Spirit, but it can't be the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit will be here during the tribulation. I didn't realize this, but the Holy Spirit will be here during the, the, the whole time of the tribulation because people will still be getting saved. And so the Holy Spirit will still be here. So the fourth answer, and this is this is this is the answer. This is this is what the great restrainer is. You ready? Da -da 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 -da. The great restrainer is the church. And it makes perfect sense. It's the church. Now, there's a fifth one as well that people have thought it. It's Michael the Archangel because he deals with principalities and he holds a lot of demonic forces back. But it's not Michael the Archangel. I hold that it's, it's the church. Okay. And so he says here, let me let me go back. Uh, and you know that we hold it that he might be revealed in his time. Okay. So this word revealed, it just means um to uncover to unveil okay it's like something that suddenly appears so it's it's a sudden revealing it's like when the veil is removed so what was hidden comes into plain view or what is behind the veil is no longer concealed or hidden from private or public view 
So there is a preset season, a destined time, a Kairos moment that the Antichrist is supposed to come on the stage, on the scene. Let's read 2 Thessalonians 2 and 6 in the RIV version. It says, Now in light of everything I've told you before, you ought to be well aware by now that there is a supernatural force at work that is preventing the materialization of this person and the disclosure of his identity. This restraining force I'm referring to is so strong that it is currently putting on the brakes and holding back the unveiling of this wicked person, stalling and postponing his manifestation. But when the right moment comes, that Kairos moment, this evil one will no longer be withheld and he will emerge on the world scene. The screen that has been hiding his true identity and guarding him from worldview will suddenly be pulled back and evaporate and he will step out on center stage to let everyone know who he is. Second Thessalonians 2 and 7. Let's jump down there. It says, For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. So this mystery is just describing a secret plan. Just to put it in plain terms. Okay. And iniquity is like a lawless attitude. So the devil, he's been working for years for years to modify the world and to set the stage for the antichrist and if he would have tried generate like a generation ago it would have been impossible that the atmosphere would just not have been right because there was too many people that know the bible but now that the, the word of god has been watered down and people are trying to be politically correct and not and too scared to preach the truth of the word people don't know the bible like they need to and so the mystery of iniquity has been at work for years. And Satan is behind this plot. So, you know, you might say, well, what are you talking about? Conspiracy? Well, yeah, I'm, I'm talking about the biggest conspiracy of them all. Well, do you believe in conspiracies? Yes, I do. There's some truth to the conspiracy. And the biggest demonic conspiracy has been working for years to get the world ready to receive this lawless man, the son of perdition, or the Antichrist. But there's always hope. Almighty God has a powerful supernatural force that is holding him back. And that is the church. Oh, I feel the presence of God in this room. The Antichrist's hands are tied while we're still here. That's why they're so against the church. Because we are a powerful force. And once we are raptured, the Antichrist, which right now he's hidden, he'll be unveiled. He'll come on center stage and he'll be revealed. But we won't know who he is because we'll be out of here. Okay. So for the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. This world only is, you know, just, just what it says. The word only. And um, now is like present in the immediate present. So the one that is holding him back is the church church is the only one that has been here from the beginning that is still here throughout all the ages and that will be here until christ raptures us up so that restraining force is the church it's the church okay and so the church and describing the rapture the, the people of god people of god are everywhere they're everywhere they're everywhere there's people of god that work in every avenue in every place and certain things can't fully happen 
because we're there. I have a dear friend who is works at a school, and um, she was telling me, and I was just, just, just rejoicing, and I just love this that she goes in early every morning on the parking lot. She takes authority and she commands what's not going to be here in this school. She's a kingdom person because she's a certain things that will not be allowed because she's there and she's praying. And that's, that's our job. Certain things cannot happen because the church is still here. The Bible says, Jesus said that the gates of hell that, you know, upon this rock, he's going to build the church. The gates of hell shall not prevail. So no matter what they may try to throw at the church, what they may try to do, they try to persecute the church. When persecute, when they persecute the church, the church just gets stronger. And it just gets hotter and it just gets, you know, just gets better. And so the thing is, is that while we're still here, the Antichrist cannot come on the scene. I think about it like this. So like, for example, if you are trying to keep someone, and there have been times when I was with my siblings and my brothers, you know, might run after me and I try to close the door real quick in another room and they, you know, press their body up against the door and I'm pushing with all my might to try to hold it back, trying to get it. That's the picture of what it's like is that we, the church, we're holding back that evil. We're holding back that lawlessness. It's trying to seep in. We see it even now. And the thing about it is it's not just in the Western world, but it's all over the world. Because remember that when Christ comes back, he's not coming back after people in America. He's coming back after the church, people all over the world. He's coming back after his bride. Okay, so that's wherever they may be. All right. So just think about that. The present of the presence of the church is holding back the Antichrist. He's holding back. So when people say this person's the Antichrist or that's for you don't know who the Antichrist is because he's in hiding. We don't know, know who he is. And if you are a believer, you're not and you're going back in the rapture. You're not going to know who he is. OK, you're not going to know who he is because you'll be out of here. And I don't want to know who he is. All right. So let's read Second Thessalonians 2 and 7. In the RIV version, it says these events have been covertly in the making for a long time, but the world doesn't realize that a secret plan is being executed right under their own noses. It's happening right now. and People denying it or that's a conspiracy. That's not true. There's a lot of wickedness going on behind the scenes. There's a lot of wickedness far beyond what our minds can comprehend and understand to get to get things ready for the Antichrist. All right. The only thing that has kept this plan from already being consummated is the supernatural force that has been holding it all back until now. But one day, this force will be removed from the picture. That's the rapture of the church. And when that happens, these events will quickly transpire. So when we're out of here, when God comes and raptures us, Harpazo snatches us out of here, at the moment we're snatched away, because you know the, the rapture is going to take place suddenly in the twinkling of an eye, just we're out of here. All right. When that takes place, when that happens, the Antichrist right away, his moment, his time, he's he's ready. He's ready to go. And the world will be ready to receive him because it'll be a lawless, it'll be a lawless world. Second Thessalonians 2 and 8, let's go there. And then shall that wicked be revealed. Whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. So what will happen once the church is gone? Well, you got to stay tuned next week to find out what's going to happen once the church is gone. Wow, man, this just it's just it's just so encouraging and it just blesses my heart. And I hope that you're getting a greater understanding 
of Second uh, Thessalonians and, and what is going on. And remember, don't let anybody deceive you. Don't let anybody deceive you. You hold fast to the truth of the word of God. Sometimes you may have to stand alone, and that's all right. Because I'd rather stand alone than to stand with, with the crowd and be wrong. But I know that the word of God is truth. And I know with all of my heart that we are in the last of the last days, the end of this age, the final moments, that things are coming to a close. And that God is, God is going to send his son to get us out of here. And I'm looking forward to that. So let me pray for you. Father God, I thank you right now. I thank you, Lord, for your awesome plan. I thank you, Lord God, that you have a plan for the righteous. And that is for the righteous not to suffer the destruction that is to come. But I thank you, Lord, that as your people have listened to this word, Lord, I thank you that you encourage their hearts, that you help them not to be fearful of the days and the times that lie ahead, but that you help them to have hope in you, to have hope in your word and in your truth. I thank you, Lord, that you are touching and healing and delivering and still saving, that you're even touching right now, Father God. That your precious Holy Spirit is visiting homes and hearts. If there's someone that's listening to this podcast that doesn't know you as their personal savior, maybe they, they, they have no idea, they might not have grown up in church or know anything about your word. Father, I'm going to just take the moment, and if that's you, I want you just to pray this prayer with me so that you can be saved from the coming destruction. you got to ask Jesus to come into your heart. you got to give him your life. You know, we die once. We, live, we, we were born twice but die once. We're born in a natural way from our mothers and then the second one you got to be born again so just right now just say this prayer with me lord jesus i come to you now realizing that i'm a sinner in need of a savior i ask you to come into my heart forgive me of my sins and show me how to serve you in jesus name i pray amen if you pray that prayer be sure it's wherever you are to find a church to go to or Sometimes it's difficult where you are. There's not good Bible teaching churches. Well, you need to listen to some good Bible teaching online so that you can grow and be strengthened. And I look forward to talking to you next week. Remember to not forget, ladies, if you're in the Indianapolis, Indiana area, I want to see you. I want to see you, okay? This is, this is, this is a, a, a clarion call that I'm sending out. So I want to see you there because God is going to meet us there. It's going to be a powerful, powerful time powerful word but God is going to move in a mighty way and I know that to be true don't forget the words in Romans 10 17 that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God God bless you thank you for listening to today's podcast be sure to share this episode with someone in your life also share on your social media outlets And I would love for you to connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, and be sure to subscribe to my new YouTube channel. You can find the links to all my pages by visiting my website at www.paulacornett.weebly.com. God bless you and hope that you will take time to listen again soon.